Hey, what's up? It's my Yang from Mix in the Dark. Welcome to our second episode of the year. I had lots of Fresno listeners chime in on their personal experiences and thoughts for the last episode, which was super fun to see. I hope to keep hearing from you all. I want to pause and take a moment to acknowledge our younger listeners. I am just so amazed and surprised by how many young supporters are listening to our stories. So shout outs to all my little scary stories listeners. Thank you, parents and families, for allowing your littles to listen. I tried to keep my podcast family friendly, but now that I know we have littles listening, I will definitely warn you when and if I am telling stories that are not appropriate for kids. I can only hope that this podcast can inspire you to write your own stories and start your own podcast one day. I want to mention a new podcast owner from one of our younger scary stories tellers. His podcast title is Tetsuo Tells a Story. He has stories of cold cases, crimes, and creepy occurrences. So take some time to check him out and subscribe. I'll leave a link below. This set of stories is called Night Shifts. If your littles ever grow up to become paranormal fanatics and want to experience it for themselves, well, work a night shift. Or not. Please enjoy this set. Story 1. The Call Center I once worked with my brother as a janitor in Sacramento. This was probably in 2018. We worked graveyard shifts in a big two-story building. It was a call center. If I am by myself, I always feel like there's someone following me or watching. One night, I left and came back around 2 a.m. I thought I left my key behind and went back. When I went in, I heard music playing and I thought to myself, I've got to make this quick. I didn't even find what I was looking for and ran out. How could there be music playing when there were no speakers or intercoms? Another time was when we got done and were hanging out in a conference room. My brother asked me, Did you hear that? I said no, because I thought he was watching movies on his phone. Then about 10 minutes later, we heard someone talking, so we stopped using our phones and listened. We heard someone say in a deep voice, Hello. We looked at each other and went to check it out, but there was no one in the hallway. Throughout the whole time I worked there, I always got cold chills and goosebumps as if there was someone there, especially when the employees leave. Not too long after that, we both left that job. If anyone from Sacramento is curious where the building is, it's in El Dorado, right off Latrobe Road. Story 2. The Daycare Center I used to work at a daycare center. I was fresh out of college, and to be honest, I took the job because I didn't know what to do with my life. My position there was the lead assistant. I got great hours, 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. with occasional late afternoon shifts. I always heard my coworkers mention scary things about that daycare center, but I've never experienced it for myself until one evening. 
The main clock in the toddler room is one of those weird occurrences. About once every few weeks or so, the clock in the toddler room would stop at exactly 6.23 p.m. No one has ever found a reason why, but all we know is that it does. About once a week, someone would notice that the clock has stopped working. Its stop time was always right at 6.23, down to the second hand, stuck on the 12. Maintenance always had to figure out a way to reset it or find a new clock. It wasn't a systematic thing. Each room had their own clocks and were independent of each other. The daycare center has gone through countless clocks, both digital and analog. On this particular evening, I was scheduled to lock up with my lead. This was the only evening so far that I was ever scheduled to lock up. It was a pretty normal day. We were down to our last three kids whose parents were scheduled to pick them up at 6 p.m., which is when our daycare hours end. As usual, our last kid's mom was late by about 10 minutes. She works as a hockey coach at a high school and usually comes late if they have games that day. Anyway, as soon as our last kid left, it was time to close all windows and lock up for the night. This was during winter, so by 6 p.m. it would have already been pretty dark out. The building had six large rooms. This includes three classrooms, a playroom, a kitchen, and staff break room. It was a small daycare center, but that night the building felt so big. I started in the furthest room down, which was the toddler room. I don't remember being scared at the time because nothing ever happened to me there. I noticed that a window was opened slightly. I started to walk toward it to try to close it and lock it when it suddenly slammed shut by itself. These windows are sliding windows. They were pretty big and heavy windows too. A little alarmed at the sudden closing of the windows, I looked around to make sure that there were no trespassers and then completed my walk to the window to lock it. At this point, I started to feel really uncomfortable. I am unfortunately a big believer of spirits and ghosts, so at a time like this, I felt like I was going to wet my pants. As I reached up to the hook that locks the window, I see a reflection through the window. I remember squinting my eyes trying to figure out what that reflection was, until I realized that it was a reflection of a small child standing by the door behind me. I felt that it knew I saw it. At that very moment, I froze, still looking at the reflection. It suddenly sprinted toward me. I screamed, turned around, and held my right arm out to attempt to block myself from anything coming toward me. I remember that I had my eyes closed and was only able to look up when my lead rushed in. She asked me if something was wrong. I told her exactly what happened. She giggled and casually said, yep, it's 623. That's completely normal at this time. She went on to tell me her experiences with being at the daycare during the evening time. She told me that sometimes she would feel like someone is playing with her hair or running around her. It only happens in the toddler room around 623, 
which is why she isn't in the toddler room around that time. She usually does that room last, so around 6.30 or so. Even then, she said that she's seen and felt some pretty creepy stuff. I finally put in my two weeks after figuring out that whatever I did with my life was not going to be at that daycare center. Story 3. The RTD Maintenance Station. I used to work at this company that takes care of training, maintenance, and repair on RTD buses. There are three houses on top of the hill where training takes place for the bus drivers. Down the hill, there's a break room and two maintenance garage. The break room and garage always had employees working, but for the three houses, it's always empty and dark by the time we get there. The first two houses are pretty small. The first house has a tiny kitchen, three offices, a bathroom, and a very small basement. That house is pretty normal. The second house has two offices, a bathroom, a big training room, also pretty normal. The third house is the creepiest house out of the three. There were moments where creepy things happened where you just can't explain how it could have happened. Also, just to let you know, these houses were actual small brick houses that were turned into company offices and training rooms. Before my father-in-law and I started cleaning this place, we had a Mongkyong couple that cleaned the place for about five months. A month before they quit, I talked to one of my aunties about their cleaning businesses. She asked me what kind of companies we owned. I told her all the ones we owned and how big some of them were. She then asked me if I ever cleaned the bus station before or have I ever been there before. I told her no because I had someone else cleaning it. She went on telling me that before I owned the bus station, this African-American guy used to own it. He had employed my auntie and four other people to clean the bus station with him and his wife. My auntie told me that when she first set foot into the third house, she felt okay. But once she came close to the basement, she felt nervous. She cleaned that place for three weeks until she quit because she needed to be at home to babysit her grandson. The whole time she was there, she felt a presence and kept smelling a really bad stench coming from the basement. I was surprised but felt okay since I didn't have to be there. One day, the Hyung couple told my father-in-law that they were going to stop cleaning the bus station because it was consuming their free time. We were fine with that and were very grateful that they took the time to help us out with the cleaning. They were cleaning another company for us too at the time. Later that night, my husband and father-in-law joined them on their last night at the bus station to get to know where everything was located. It was on an autumn night, so it got darker quicker than in the summertime. Once that night ended, they headed to where I was and picked me up to go home. On the car ride, my father-in-law told us that the Hyung couple told him something disturbing happened to the husband. 
One night, when they were cleaning the third house, the husband went downstairs to vacuum the basement while the wife was still upstairs cleaning the bathroom. While he was making his way in the hallway, he noticed a woman in one of the offices. He turned off the vacuum cleaner to greet the woman, but the woman did not say a word. The woman was standing with her back towards him and was swaying from side to side. When the woman didn't answer him, his hair on his arm and back stood up. He quickly unplugged the vacuum and jetted up the stairs. He told my father-in-law that the room he saw her in was a room with a gate instead of a door. Once we started cleaning the place, I finally got to see how the basement was structured. To turn on the lights, you had to walk across the room in the dark. There was a room that, instead of a door, it had a metal gate that was always locked. In that room, there were a bunch of boxes and filing cabinets. We cleaned that place for about a year and a half until our contract ended, and during those times we cleaned the place, things kept happening. Around winter, my husband and I had a friend and his wife help us clean the place. We got to the third house. We weren't able to open the door. Every time you pushed the door, it felt like someone from the inside was pushing back at you. Another time, we decided to clean the break room and garage first, then the three houses. When we got to the hill, we noticed that the door was wide open. We told each other that it couldn't have been an employee because it was pitch black in there. One day we went early to go clean. A woman was still working at the time, so she ended up starting a conversation with me. She told me that one night when she was working late by herself, before we started to clean the place, she kept hearing footsteps. She thought it might have been the previous cleaners coming back because they left some keys in the restroom. She opened her door to a pitch black lobby. She freaked out and closed it. She thought to herself that maybe if the cleaners were to come back, then she would leave with them. The whole time she kept hearing footsteps as if someone was dragging their feet on the floor. All of a sudden she saw headlights turn on. The cleaners came knocking at the door, so she jetted toward the doors to let them in. They asked her if she was leaving because the lights were off, so she just replied yes. Just a bunch of really weird things with that house. I wondered if something happened there. Thank you for listening to Mix in the Dark. I'm your host, Mai Ying. Mix in the Dark podcast is available on Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, YouTube, and Facebook. If you have any stories that you would like to share, please send it to mixinthedark at gmail.com.